for a lot of my life, I believed I was unlovable. No person in my life ever said that they didn't love me, but I believed it anyway. Being unlovable looks sort of like this. It's like a tree, a big giant tree that's been growing for generations, almost like the tree had been passed down. It's the kind of tree you find in city parks of old towns, and the tree is bigger and wider than buildings. And under this massive canopy of leaves, it becomes so difficult to see the sun. In fact, sitting at like the base of the tree trunk, you almost feel incredibly comforted and sheltered, but almost no light is let in. I got really comfortable under the shelter of being unlovable, and I made a home there. I became a settler at the base of a tree, and the trunk grew rapidly with every interaction that affirmed this lie. And I gathered my belongings and I kept them there and I became a hoarder, a hoarder of circumstances and of sins. And in the evening and morning when I would wake up under the branches that seemed to never end, I was reminded that I had become attached and addicted and at home with the tree and, and I had become invisible Maybe not even God could see me. Every mistake and every infraction, every time I was dismissed or mistreated, served as a way to water this tree that grew without any rain. And I watered it every single time I agreed with it. I watered it many, many times a day for many years. And then when I was 19 years old in a hospital room, Jesus cut down the tree and I saw the sun and it was a miracle. It was freedom. It was the thing that changed my life forever. And as I stood in the sun, feeling the weight and warmth of the goodness of God and the love that was filling me through and through, I looked around at the stump that was left in the baggage I had accumulated In the dark, it's really hard to measure how many sins you've kept and how many hurts you've hoarded and how many records of wrongs you've made and how you've collected pieces of your wounded heart and and kept them in torn tissue paper thinking you're going to do something with them later. It was overwhelming to see what I had grown accustomed to, but the light of the sun brings hope and clarity. And when I tried to leave the home I knew for so long, I looked like a pack mule. I left the stump, but before I left, I saw that I had carved the word unlovable in the trunk so many times. It looked like a prisoner marking the wall to like count the days. I gathered all the things I could carry and I walked away. The love of God, it's enchanting and it's delicious. And it will captivate every part of you that you give him. And the more I walked in that love, the more I was confronted with the truth of his unconditional presence and the light. It pierced parts of myself that had grown up in the shadow of the tree. 
When the light hit those places that had not been exposed to the sun, I would dig through my luggage and I would find a way to hide because I felt safer in the shadow. This wasn't true. I, was, I wasn't safer in the shadow, but it's what I did. And the more the sun warmed me, the more the shadow places called me back. The shadow for me looked like sex and drugs and liquor and working and control, success, money, food, busyness, just running away. And every time I dove back into the shadow, I would visit the stump and I would water it. And maybe even spend a few nights there visiting the comfort of being unlovable. I think this is most often called a relapse, and I've had many. As I packed up again and left the stump to live in the light, my luggage got slowly lighter. But in many ways, what I had collected represented what I thought I was worth. And so with every goodbye to a piece of my past, I had to risk trusting Jesus. And trusting that Jesus would recover my value and he would give me some kind of self-worth. Year after year, I, I got more sober and the shadow fixes became less of a long list. And they lingered around just a few that I would revisit and make me feel safe again. And the safety was an illusion and I, I knew it. But I'd grown accustomed to the stump. And honestly, I was fond of it. I can't tell you why or what it offered me except for that it was familiar. I'm not addicted to drugs or alcohol anymore, and I'm not addicted to money or success, but I'm still addicted to work and busyness and food. I'm addicted to the stories I told myself when I lived under the tree, and I'm connected to the worth I thought I carried in that luggage. And there are days that I step out of the light and I tiptoe next to the shadow and I try to feed the need and desire to be loved and accepted with martyr-like acts of service and saying yes to way too many things. And these never work. And so I'm left worn out and emptier than I was before. So where I want to use drugs or alcohol to numb the awareness that my self-worth is bottoming out... I now use food and I run back to what I know. I have a deep empathy for Peter in the Bible. He walked with the light, but when he relapsed, he went back to fishing. And when I relapse, I eat chips. Living in the light where the only shadow is the one you run back to. This is how I have experienced my own humanity. Listen, I know that I am fully and totally loved by God. And there is not one thing that could make him love me more or less. His love is complete and it lacks nothing. I also know that I visit that stupid stump more than I want to. I don't know what to do with it. And even though it is essentially a dead thing, I have still allowed it to take up space in my life. In some ways, it sits as a tomb and I go and visit the dead me that used to live there. Some days, I forget that that version of me is dead and I forget that I don't have to run and fix myself. I don't have to because I'm alive 
and I'm beloved by the one who can heal me. Some days, this is my battle. Just this last week, I yelled at God while I was on a gummy bear bender. And I just, you guys, I just burst into tears and frustration. And I said, (laughs) I said, hey, man, if you're in here, if you're in this body, aren't you sick of this too? You must not want to share space with my flaws. Can't you just fix me? You know, daily, the enemy tries to make me believe that life under that tree, surrounded by my flaws and failures, is safer than living exposed in the light of the sun. And the enemy tries to remind me and make me believe that my worth is found in the collection of hurts and wrongs and sins and loss. And sometimes I believe him. And when I start to really consider if my worth has become attached to what I carry instead of what I've been freed from, God speaks. The wild and soft breath of the Holy Spirit will rest on my skin and revive it. The sun shines warmer and brighter and clarity sweeps away the veil and there's a voice of truth that whispers to me in the wind. I hear the sound of the tree being chopped down and the crack of the timber that was broken. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit speak in a multi-layer manifestation and in a frequency that speaks to every part of my soul, my body, my spirit. And they say, your worth was carried and paid for on a tree. And your value is found in an empty tomb. You are alive, sweet daughter. Do not go back into the grave. There is no treasure there. I am here. I am with you. Stay with me in the light. And this, this is the dance I do. (laughs) And this is the company I keep inside my mind. When the light feels too bright, I run back to dance with the darkness. And I speak to the lies that have been buried. And I try to resurrect them. And gently and consistently, God speaks. Just like in the beginning, he speaks. And he creates light where the darkness was. And he makes a way for order where chaos has laid its claim. He speaks and he creates, and he is still speaking. It's my longing and hope to expose my humanity and vulnerability, the places where I fall and where I rise, the places where true victory has changed me and where overcoming has reshaped me. And so I share these things with you so that you will see that God speaks when you sin, When you falter, when you fall, and when you have forgotten, he speaks when you have incredible highs and when you're just totally killing it at life. He doesn't change. And his commitment and desire for you doesn't change because you perform or behave. Because he's for you. And he's all in when it comes to loving you. Guys, I am a lover. I'm a mystic. 
I'm a creative weirdo who loves music and art and stories, and I talk way too much, and I say wildly inappropriate things, and I curse a lot. And on most days, I have to tell my kids I'm sorry because I have not shown up in the way I wanted to. And I can argue with my husband over things that he is totally right about, but I like committed to my argument, and so I got to see it all the way through, but he's still my best friend. And I have hurt people's feelings and sometimes, okay, like almost all the time I have to go on an apology tour after a dinner party because I've offended people and I'm generous and I'm hospitable and I'm a hundred more brilliant things and I'm a hundred more flawed things. And God still wants to speak to me because there's no amount of righteousness that makes me worthy of him. I'm worthy because he says I am. And this is what it looks like to live in the light. Living in the light does not dismiss the shadow. It acknowledges it. And it knows it's there. But the light, the light invites you in with all of the broken places. And it wants to hold you. In the very first episode I interviewed God. And so to end this first season, I'm going to ask him five questions. And I hope through these 12 episodes, you've seen that the King of Kings is kind and he's funny and tender and gentle and full of grace. And he doesn't speak to us with shame or condemnation because he just doesn't have it to give. There's no circumstance in which he cannot speak. You do not have to be super spiritual or sinless. You just have to be available. So he may answer these questions with a picture or a song or a word or a sound. And don't get stuck if he skips one of the questions and answers another one, or if the questions become a catalyst for a different ask that's just been laying inside your heart, just waiting for the opportunity to be released. Ask him that. I want to encourage you to be vulnerable and available. God is good and he loves his children and he longs to bring us into the light. God, I love you and I trust you and I'm expecting you to speak to your children. And so I'm thanking you right now for your passion and for your pursuit of us. You are so good. I love you, God. Amen. Okay, here we go. God, where am I choosing to live in the shadow? God, where am I seeking to find my worth and my value? God, what lie am I believing about myself? God, can you shine a light 
on the places in me that need to see the sun. God, will you reveal my value to me? Will you speak to me and tell me the truth about my worth as your child? I bless you with the peace of the King. I bless you with the nearness of God. I am praying, I really am praying for you all. And I'm so honored to share this space with you. And I can't wait to talk to you all in a few weeks.
Round. 